This series, brought to you by Westmeath County Libraries, is also funded by Creative Ireland. Hello and welcome to In Conversation, a series exploring creativity. I'm Nola Farrell and today I'm in conversation with Eleanor Glennon, play therapist. Today, our conversation, uh, our, our In Conversation piece uh, is with Eleanor Glennon and uh, I'm delighted to say she's joining us uh, today and Eleanor is a play therapist uh, and I'm curious to find out uh, about play therapy and because our subject uh, Eleanor is creativity um, and to me uh, uh, to an amateur uh, I suspect that the world of play is where it all begins. Oh I totally agree. Yeah, I think it all begins with play and I think it all ends with play and I think play is a huge uh, piece of all of our lives whether it's in it or not in it. I think that's an important piece of, you know, how we're doing and where we're going. So play is massive for me. Um, but before I did my training in play therapy, it wasn't. Okay. I had no play really in my life. Really? You know, and I didn't think of it as being massively important for an adult, I suppose. I didn't understand, I didn't grasp the concept of play and joy and our play, our playfulness being such an important indicator of how we're doing, our well-being and our health, you know? Yes. So, yeah, I think it's really important. So, so Eleanor Glennon and, and the world of play, mm. um, where did it begin for you? What, what, what was the start of that journey? What was the start of that? So, when I was originally contacted about doing this, uh, podcast I started to think about that a little bit more because I suppose now it just feels so natural to me that it's a part of my life um but it kind of went back and back and back and, and tried to find where did it start so um I'm a child and adolescent psychotherapist and I'm also a play therapist so the training I did was kind of it's two years for your play therapy and then you do two more years for your your psychotherapy um it's a children's therapy center they're here in Ireland and that's kind of how they do it with the four years. So uh, I suppose I'm a, play a psychotherapist was my most recent one, play therapist before that, social care worker before that, and I was working as an SNA kind of throughout that time. So I suppose all of those little pieces intertwined and kept bringing me more, you know, I think there's more. I think there's more to be done here. I think this child is showing me that, that they don't want to just sit all day and, and learn. They want to play. Um, they're being asked to do things all day and hold a pencil and do this and do that and don't do this and don't do that and where is the play where is the the joy I suppose and um, that's what kind of got me I was thinking oh I wonder there's something missing here you know and I just started looking things up online and I found play therapy hmm. and um, I was working in social care and as an SNA at the time and both pieces of, of my career at the time were kind of missing that play piece um so I signed up for an interview. It was in Ballymore. I like got my, my word. Yeah, in Ballymore, this little training center. It's so fabulous. It's a magical setting. Oh my goodness, it's it's gorgeous. And I went out for an interview there. Um, the lady who who run, runs it is Eileen Prendeville. Um, and now her daughter Siobhan Prendeville runs it with her as well. But I've met these. I've met Siobhan. I think I've oh, met. They're, yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. so lovely. In so Ballymore. In, in Ballymore. Yeah. On. And at the time. I was working in Drum Rainey, so I was literally up the Near road. Long. Yeah, 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 and I, I worked an hour away from my house, so yeah. I drove an hour to work to Drum Rainey, and I didn't know I was beside this place, the the 
you know, wow. the entire time. Um, wow. Just a stone's throw from it that it was there. And um, yeah, so that's that's how I, I went for an interview. Um, I met Eileen and chatted for a good while. I got into the course and I just embarked on this crazy four year journey that showed me that I was missing play in my life. And, you know, I think I'd lost a lot of my creativity along the way I lost access to it in a way hmm. um, and I've gotten it back and I think I'm never ever going to let it go really uh, again isn't yeah. that lovely since yeah. I, and that's interesting that you should say that that, that when you opened that one particular door it, it opened another door towards you and it opened mm. another one and then all of a sudden the one that changed your life is, is down the road from you like, <laughs> what? how weird yeah. is that and like I looked I'm into doing it in different places because when you go online and you type in play therapy you get loads of different things okay you know, I wasn't sure would I go abroad and do it or would I go. There's a couple in Ireland and I found this one and something about it. I just before I even knew it was in Ballymore, I said, this is the one for me. Wow. This is this is it. And for, for different reasons. But it I'm, it was amazing. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go and I'm going to learn how to do play therapy with kids. I didn't know what a transformative journey it was going to be for me. And I always say that even if I never, ever worked as a play therapist again, if I never worked in it at all, it still would have been so worthwhile doing that training because finding out about it. Fi- yeah, yeah, because it was it changed me. It, it made me into the mother that I am. It, it's changed how I am as a friend and as a daughter and a sister. You know, it really because you have to do so much personal therapy when you do it and you're doing these projects that are making you think about yourself in a way. You know, I thought that I was gra- I thought I was doing grand. <laughs> and then you go to therapy and you do all this experiential training and you're like, oh, I've got some stuff to, I've got some stuff to work out here. So, to, to share some of the the journey with us uh, of an actual play therapist's week, if you like, or a, or a day. What 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 what's involved in? Because to me, we we've been talking here on this podcast to writers, to um, sculptors, to painters, oh wow. to everything. But before. The age of learn uh, before you learn or, or verbalize or speak or, or or even put a pen on a paper if you choose to do it. W- this is where the f- play therapy world is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, like play is the beginning of creativity. It's mm-hmm. a, it's almost like the source. So so it's almost it's like how, the place where all this other comes uh, comes from. Absolutely. So t- tell me about that particular part well, of play. Is how children do everything it's how they do everything and if we can you know offer opportunities for children to play hmm. we're offering o- them opportunities to develop and to learn and to thrive and th- so much can be done through play but so much isn't done through play nowadays um children have so few opportunities for play i think now um you know why is that uh, do you <sighs> think eleanor I mean, I know. Have we got a half an I hour? I know. I was about to say. <laughs> for diff- different reasons. I mean, everyone just seems to be busier, you know. And okay. even me, I find myself sometimes I'm looking at my schedule for the week and it's like constant chock-a-block. Everything yeah. is just packed in. And it's where, d- where is the time for free play? Not for schedule. Not for like my daughter's at ballet today and she's at whatever yeah, yeah. this day and whatever this day. And they're great. And they have there's a place for that. But where is the time for just play, for playing? For unstructured, get out in the garden, make a mud pie, play, you know, mm. and there there isn't a lot of that now and everyone is busy. And when, you know, when we're not busy, everyone's tired. And 
it takes a little more brain space to come up with something to play with, I think, than it does to just sometimes you just want to watch a movie or you're making me feel sad here at the moment. <laughs> it's, not, it's not because it's not, I, well I, I tell you why I feel a little bit sad it's because we have we seem to have and you've you've described it beautifully there we seem to have lost because of the organizing of the schedule if you mm. like we seem to have lost the ability to just let it be just, just to wander, just to let your head go free and just uh, let's see what happens here. Not even let's see what happens here. I just want to let my head go free. No, absolutely. There's um, a lady named Anne Brennan. She was a very special um, lady involved with the Children's Therapy Centre and she passed away a couple of years ago. And um, actually, she was based here in Monagar for play therapy and she was my supervisor. And she used to always say to me, you know, when did we stop letting kids just get bored? You know? <laughs> When did we when did we <laughs> stop just letting them be bored? And that was when the best fun would happen because you'd say, oh, mom, or, you know, mm. I, I'm, I'm bored. And she's like, well, go do whatever. Go mm. outside and don't come back in until dinner time, whatever. And that's when all of a sudden you created a ship out of sticks and leaves outside in your garden, you know, and you've become a pirate on the high seas. That's it, like. because you're bored. And I think now we fill time and I do. I'm not coming from any kind of a high horse here. You know, even I find myself doing it too. Sometimes mm. it's like the time is filled. We're constantly providing activities or providing ideas and providing things to do that we don't have that. <sighs> There's mm. nothing to do. Mm. And then here's our creativity and our imagination kind of kicking in. They, maybe there's not as much opportunity for that any more than there was before. Yeah, it's... I'm sadder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, you know. So in comes uh, Eleanor Glennon. Uh, so okay, da, 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 <laughs> here comes the cavalry. Um, take, take, t- tell us a little bit about, uh, about oh, what, what you would, and what would, I would do. So suggest we do or anybody does. Or somebody listening to us right now who thinks to, who's thinking, well, hold on a minute. You have a point. That's a great point. But how do I go about you're starting this because because if we've lost the ability to let it happen then we've lost the ability to do perhaps mm. and people would be nervous at just allowing it to happen so give us an idea of what we, you would yeah and suggest. i know some people are probably listening being like that's not the case in my house which is great but it is definitely the case in some houses right Fine. so um it, it starts with kind of uh providing opportunities for open-ended play first you know side by side it's not as easy as oh today i'm gonna let my my own daughter, as I said, I'm guilty of it. My two kids, I'll sit down with them and I'll provide these activities for them to do. So then if we get in the habit of always mommy is sitting with us and doing this and mommy is providing this, mommy's set up this gorgeous play scene, mommy's telling us where to go and what to do here, then it'll be harder for me mm. to get them to go and, say, be bored and play. Okay. So it can take a little... Um, Practice. It can take a little practice, mm. and sometimes it can take baby steps rather than just me saying, okay, off and go and play. They look at me like, what do you mean? <laughs> you set up that fabulous sound tray for us yesterday, you know? So it's like baby steps. So I might stay with Sound the tray. Sh- I'm going to come back to that in a, a moment. sound tray. Oh, sound tray. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sound tray. Um, sound tray. I love it. Sensory play. So I might set okay. up a gorgeous sand tray or a okay. big kind of tub of rice with okay. letters in it, things like that, or ducks going fishing for ducks in, in, in the rice. So little things like that. But to start them off I would sit with them and I'd say oh and 
you know, I wonder how many ducks we can catch in, in two minutes. And Oh, you're having so much fun there. I'm going to go pop on dinner or I'm going to go okay. outside and okay. do this or I'm going to go feed the dogs. And then I'll come back okay. and I'll check back in and they'll know I'm still there and I'm still connected to them. And then I might go again for a little while longer the next time. And after a few days, it's like they don't want me there because I'm only I'm mainly getting in the way and I'm doing things the wrong way, mm. you know. Mm. But when we first start off, it's like constant looking for me. And am I nearby? Am I right beside them? Um, are they still connected to me? And then it's like little by little by little, I'm moving away and moving away if they're comfortable with it. Uh, it's definitely not an overnight thing, you know, and letting them be bored and just giving them the tub of rice and say, hey, go mad, <laughs> do whatever. Do you know? No go rules. Crazy. No, and, I, and well, <laughs> there's some rules. We try to make it Don't that. Don't throw them <laughs> at the dog. Yeah. Okay, go on. You, uh, we try to make it that. We, we keep the things in the containers if we can. Okay. But sometimes I come back and it's been dumped over like a, a rice shower. All right. And you know what? That's, I left them unsupervised with the bucket of rice. So <laughs> that's my, <Fair> <laughs> my fault. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, and you asked me about the a day in the life mm. of a play therapist. I'd be providing kind of similar activities as a play therapist too a lot of the stuff i do at home with my girls when i'm not wrecked tired and again one of those days where you just pop on paw patrol Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. because i'm at my max capacity for play that day uh it's similar it's similar stuff that i do in work i use a lot of sensory materials like sand um it's my probably one of my favorite things to go to uh water simple things rice pasta spaghetti and allowing the kids to express themselves using these really natural, you know, familiar items uh, and express to me maybe what's going on with them through these materials. So, yeah. It sounds lovely. It is lovely. You know, sometimes I remember when I was working in previous roles, I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, my job is nice. It's lovely. Yeah, it's grand. It wasn't really like this. I really love it. I love my job when people say to me they're thinking of going into play therapy I think that's a wonderful thing because there's challenges to it but for the most part I what, what, what sort it. of cha- challenges I mean, I mean, take me down the road of uh, special uh, additional needs and things like that I mean uh, this there's a whole mm. uh, interesting conversation to be had about uh, the way academia is set up mm. for people who are you know verbally good Mm. Um, their literacy levels will be good etc uh, etc et but we yeah. don't seem to have any thought with what could be applied to people who aren't that yeah. uh, for, for argument's sake good at those things and good is just a, a description it's very interesting so yeah. in this field right mm. in psychotherapy in general I think sometimes therapists find that you, you get certain um, groups of clientele that will kind of come to you. So you might just find that you have a lot of children who have experienced, um, who maybe are in foster care, and that you might just happen to just get energetically those clients come to you for whatever reason. I um, draw in a lot of, you know, children who are autistic and who have additional needs of different sorts, who have sensory processing stuff going on. Um, that's who I seem to energetically bring to my practice. Um, and I love that. It's I love working in this mm. this area, but particularly with these children. You were an SNA, of course. Uh, yeah. Your training. Is yeah, and my kids have kind of different bits and bobs going on as well that I think um, it all it all ties in together. So I must just put out that vibe that, like, you know. Yeah, yeah well, because uh, yeah, I work in, in that field too, and I, music is my tool, but... but um, mm. Uh, children 
that have additional needs in certain ways respond and gravitate towards who they f feel like gravitating towards. Absolutely, and uh, I love and it. For whatever reason yeah. that is. Yeah, and yeah. even in a, in, a, in a room, at a party, yeah. at a wedding, whatever it is, it's who I, s I tend to kind of gravitate towards and I want to learn about them. And yeah. I, it's always been the way it's always been the way yeah. that I that it was, but I think I didn't really have tools to know um, how to help. When I was working as an SNA, I wanted yeah. to help and I was assisting them with their education, but I knew there was more. I knew there was more to connecting with them and communicating with them, and I lost my way. What would you change, Eleanor? About, I mean, I yeah. about I'm not asking you to change anything like drastic or dramatic. No, but you can be as dramatic as you want. Um, if you could. Because you've been in the, the space of education as an SNA. You've been working there whether mm -hmm. you, within the academia. Um, and you are now a play therapist. And you're now in, in the position where you're able to uh, set up in front of, of uh, children a space for them to imagine and create and, yeah. and, and connect. Uh, what would you change within the education system that you experienced? Again, it's like, how long is it? Yeah, well, okay, ten, well, take 10 minutes then. The main thing is I think we have just lost sight of the child, the essence of a child, hmm. the child's, uh, who they are, the relationship with the child. We've lost sight of that being an important piece of education, I think, hmm. that who... Who are they? Are they are they happy? If they're not doing well in math, it's like that's not the important thing. It's not that they're not doing well. It's why are they unable to learn? Mm. You know what's going on? Um, what do they need from me? How can I connect with them? How can this child walk into the classroom in the morning and light up? Mm. You know mm. what lights the child up? What makes me light up when I see the child? You know it's all relationship. And I think that with class sizes these days and again being busy teachers are so busy and i think that they do a phenomenal job with the resources that incredible they have job yeah. and the pressure that they're under i work in a school right now and i have to say i am continuously impressed mm. with the teachers and how they manage mm. the huge load of work that they have it's just the the system i don't feel leaves a huge amount of room for relationship mm. anymore um, and I think back to when I was a child when I was really small and like the relationships I had with the teachers and it wasn't the the years where I did the best and got the best marks that stands out in my mind. It's who did I connect with? And, you know, I had an English teacher, Miss Nelia, and I just remember that she'd smile when I walked in the room, you know, and what an impact that mm. that left on me. And I remember mm. um, just feeling like I I was really good at English because hmm. she would smile at me when I walked in the room and I felt like, oh, she wants me to be here, you know? She's happy that I'm here. And then I felt like I could learn and I did really well in, in that class. So you responded to her personality and niceness. Mm. Yeah. Because she was a nice person. There was just kindness. You, you, yeah, kindness. Kindness is a great yeah. word. Kindness is a lovely word. Um, that accent is not a Kinney Gad accent, if you it don't mind me saying. So you're you're after taking us back to your to Miss Melia, and she's in primary. Is she or pre preschool? Is she? It's Miss Melia. Miss Melia was school? my leaving cert. Oh, uh, quite okay. An English teacher, actually. Yeah, she okay. was the most, the most recent one I could think of. Okay, mm. crikey, that's their, their right. Okay. But back in New York, 
where I grew up. That's where I grew up. Okay. Queens is okay. where I lived. I was born in Queens, and I lived there until I was nearly 10. And then I moved upstate to kind of Westchester County to closer to Connecticut. Woodstock. A bit the away Catskills. from there. No, not that upstate. We'd go, we went there the odd time. We had like a camper <laughs> in the Catskills, actually. Uh, no, this was near kind of Connecticut. We were just an hour outside of New York City. Okay. okay. Um, and we, I lived there until I was 15. And okay. then I moved over to Clare Galway. Crikey. Yeah. West, yeah, okay. Big jump. There's a big jump. How mm-hmm. was that like at 15 years of age? That must have been pretty hard. Horrendous. Yeah, it, it was pr- the worst hard. time of my life. Really? Yeah. really? Really, really hard. And that's why. You le- At 15, leaving all your friends? Com- Horrible. Um, yeah. And I had a really great, close group of friends in New York, you know. So it was really hard moving over, and the, the transition was really difficult. And that's why that teacher, I think, probably came to me there when I was thinking about the it. The brightness of that lady br- got yeah. you through a lot. It was of hard. That. Those years at school were really hard for me. And... I remember her as being one of the only positive pieces okay. of my educational kind of experience because okay. it was so hard, you okay. know. Um, but yeah, New York, that's where I... Um, and it was funny, it was what kept coming to me as well the last few days when I was thinking about coming here um, and we're on teachers and I didn't even know we would go there was um, you have kind of on the flip side how that experience can go in school and how I had a teacher, an art teacher, uh, when I was in, say, middle school in America. Okay. And um, it's so funny, this experience kept coming back to me and I was thinking about what am I going to talk about. Um, and I worked so hard. I thought I was really artistic, okay? I'm not necessarily talented. I'm not artistically, but I really enjoy it. And now I've learned that that's enough, that that's okay, you know? <laughs> that that it, that's being creative. Being mm. creative doesn't mean you're creating the most beautiful. When did you discover that that was okay? During my training. During your training. Yeah. I had stopped drawing, coloring. I, If I was doodling, I'd c- close my book really quick so no one would see because I was so because embarrassed it, it, by yeah, it. Yeah, of, of it being judged. Yeah, because my art teacher at that time, I worked so hard in this castle. And it was a watercolor. Okay. And I poured my heart and soul into this castle. And I thought I did a really great job. And um, one day in class, you know, I'm feeling pretty pleased with myself. And he holds it up for the whole class to see. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, this is so cool. And he's like, he held it up to show everyone what not to do. And he essentially I don't believe tore you. it to shreds and said, you know, not to do this. This was but whatever. Uh, and uh, I remember what that. a shocking thing to do. Yeah. And I remember he was like, you know, so just we're going to look at Eleanor's picture here. And, you know, you notice she's very heavy with whatever here, the color, however whatever art words he used. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm bad at art. I'm bad at this. I'm not going to bother with this anymore. And uh, it was a really transformative experience for me. How did the people at home console you? Was there, was there, did, did you go home and say anything to anybody? Or did Again, you just go I to your room and just say, I'm going to deal with what? If that was nowadays, I think, if my, if my little girl Ivy came home and said, you know, my teacher held up my picture. I, oh my gosh, <laughs> you told me no profanities during this, and I'm telling you, like, you know, you'd, 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 you'd say no, absolutely, that can't be something that happens, but back then, you know. I didn't tell you not to use profanities, <laughs> I just said, if you Limit do, them. I have to edit them, yeah. Yeah, go, on, go on anyway. But uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, okay, so, yeah. so, th- so this particular, gen- who must, uh, that mm. must have been like, so transformative and I've been thinking a lot about it you know as I said it's been on my mind since as you were doing the since training since our phone call oh sorry oh, okay thought yeah. of it during the training but definitely since our phone call I thought wow you know that was really because even when you first rang that thought came into my mind straight away I said oh but I'm not creative 
And then I was like, whoa, that's an old thought that was given to me mm. or created within me mm. by that experience, but it's not <coughs> true. I, I am creative in so many different ways, you know? And um, like I said at the start of it, I, I'm, it's a tool now I'm never going to give up again. And it so you stopped painting. Yeah, you stopped. You stopped the joy that I, you got exactly. from that particular coloring, and coloring painting, watercolors. Yeah. Even if it wasn't, even if it was never going to hang in in, you know, the Met Gallery or whatever gallery there is that, or that people go to. That's not the point. Yeah. And th- this is the point that we're, this is what we're discovering as we're doing this podcast, talking to people about this. It's not. It, it, there is no end result. It's the doing. And that's play it's therapy. The You've even just summarized uh, uh, play, ther- uh, play therapy. It, it's like we're trying to bring people back to it's the doing. It's the it's mm. the doing that's important. Mm. It's it's not the finished product. In play therapy, there really isn't necessarily a finished product. And where we don't even, you know, a child is working with me and they're again pouring their heart into a picture of a castle, mm. and I'm noticing the love and attention they're putting into their picture and the focus that they have and how important it is for them to make this picture more so. Well, not even more so. Entirety. That's it. That's all that's important. Their finished product is not important. You know, it's important to them that they feel they've done a good job uh, at at trying or at at doing something new. But how it looks or if it's perfect, we're trying to move away from that being something that's important. I think bringing it all back to education, you know, is there a lot of room for that now? How do you find it? Yeah. How do you find that within the education system? We were chatting there just before we started about um, about people who have visions about certain things. And with with play therapy, for example, do you find it easy to to get people to the people who decide to offer it or to work with it or to run run with it? Do you find it easy to get them to connect or do you have to convince them or are we getting better at being open to something like this? Are you referring to like parents and teachers? And uh, that yeah, kind or of anybody who, who puts who, who would like to get in, in and maybe s- get their children involved well, in depends. this or themselves. Whatever. It depends because I've just given you one example of a time in my life where growing up I was told I wasn't creative okay. and therefore that belief became a part of me, okay. right? And that shut down a playful part of me. And you think I'm just one person and that's just one experience that I had in a great school mm. as far as how, you know, as far as the standard school would go. So you imagine that all of these adults that are coming to see me, these parents or teachers or professionals, they all have their own experiences too that, they, that they're coming from and their versions of, of creativity or play or, and the importance of it in their mind. So I'm not often not just dealing with, say, Katie, the the 35-year-old accountant with a child who's struggling. I'm dealing with Katie, who was a child once, who was told that she wasn't, that playing wasn't important, that the most important thing she needed to learn was how to, you know, clean her house or what have you. So sometimes it's like kind of peeling back the layers and getting to the inner child piece, you know, and, you know, letting them know that it's okay to to be playful or how to find joy and play in their lives before they can help the kids that they're working with or the kids that they're parenting. So it's a big piece and it can be it could be a lengthy one to start before I even start working with the child sometimes is working with the parents and kind of finding their creativity and joy mm. first or linking back to what were their transformative moments that moved them away from that, 
you know, and whether that was in the last few years during their parenting or adulthood, or was it all the way back to childhood? And, you know, were they told, what, did no one ever get down on the floor and play with them? Which a lot of people, you know, I don't know many of friends my age who their parents would have been on the floor playing with them. It would have been seen as almost mm-hmm. crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, there was too many other things to do, leave them off. So while now at the start of this I was saying, you know, we're so overscheduled and we're doing so much playing and we're hovering and we're, you know, not giving any opportunities for free play. Back then all there was was free play and you didn't have that connection and that playful piece. So there's a balance kind of to be struck somewhere, but all of those things are intertwined too, you know, they're all kind of a cycle. Yeah. Fascinating world. It is a fascinating world. It's one that I highly recommend if anyone is considering. Yeah, if somebody's listening to this and they're curious about getting involved and getting, Mm -hmm. you mentioned Ballymore there a second ago, but um, they they would like to explore or at least find out a bit more about about the world of play therapy and what it could. They want to find out more about the world of play therapy. There's lots of books that they could they could start with and to see if that was something they were interested in. There's Instagram accounts like um, Siobhan Prenteville runs the Children's Therapy Center page, CTC uh, Instagram page. There's little things like that that you could look at and see, um, you know, does any of this resonate with me? Does this land with me? Does it feel like it makes sense to Mm. me? Because some people hear the things that we do as play therapists, they're like, no, definitely not for me. Uh, Don't want to, don't want to go there yet. Um, But I actually, my kids, babysitter recently said that she was thinking about um, going down this road and so it's kind of fresh in my brain what I'd advised her to do so the Children's Therapy Centre is a fabulous establishment in Ireland they're not just in Ballymore they're also in Limerick Um, and I find that their training is they're not just you know training up play therapists and sending them off out into the world unprepared it's there's play therapy there's psychotherapy there's all the work you do on yourself so that when I'm with a child in the room or if you train at the CTC and then you're with a child in in the room you're not you're not unaware of all your own stuff and how that's going to affect the process with the child you're very much aware of it you've worked on it you're ready to support the child and their family however they need to be supported so um I would highly recommend them for if you're going to do trainings but they don't just do the play therapy and the psychotherapy they also do like level six um, certificates and day courses and things like that that you could kind of try your hand at and see if you liked it or not before you committed to the, the longer course. Um, but I will say it has been hugely transformative to my entire life. So if anyone is thinking about it, um, I'm also... I Are you back watercoloring? Oh, my goodness. So I, again, since I chatted to you, I was like, how how am I going to get back to how how did I go from being so shut down to my creative side to being back into it? And it was through, you know, doodling. I love doodling. I doodle hearts and smiley faces and color in my name and things like that. That's how I got back into doing it and kind of not being embarrassed by it. And I'd kind of shut my book really quickly and my tutors in the children's service and I would say, no, like, that's okay. You can learn and doodle at the same time and your doodles are beautiful. And it's like, okay, and... Then little by little, I got more and more, and I bought some coloring books, you know, the adult kind of coloring books that have these gorgeous black and white pictures to color in. And then I thought, wait, but what else have I shut off to? And I loved imaginative play and dolls' houses and things like that and arranging, and that was play in its er, er, creativity in its own. Completely in its creative. own 
you know, way and um, singing and dancing. And so I've, yeah, that's kind of, but I was so shut off to all that stuff. And now it's such a huge part of my day to day. It must have really, really affected you. I mean, yeah. I can't, I do know because we've talked on these, on other episodes of this uh, podcast and creativity that, that, uh, that, that resonate and it goes back to a time like, that the, mm. the encouragement, the judgment, at a time when you're so so susceptible to it, and so, so vulnerable, so vulnerable, and so yeah. open, so so open to it, that can affect you for the rest of your life. Um, and you flip it on its head, and it's like, imagine if I'd been encouraged, and that, you know, um, and I want even this segment that we're doing even to be one of, it's very hopeful because imagine all these opportunities that. And I think tr teachers nowadays do have so much more knowledge. I have so many teacher friends and they are doing such phenomenal work and they're making connections with these kids that uh, I think a few years ago it was seen as being unimportant. It was just literacy and maths and mm. whatever. Mm. And we are seeing the importance of that relationship and connection and encouragement and the nurturing of the whole child come back into schools now. So I think if you, if you turn that experience that I had on its head, imagine if you'd held up that cafe picture and said, you know, did anyone notice how hard Eleanor worked on that and how she was smiling the whole time she was doing it or how mm. intensely concentrated she was when she was working on that castle? I mean, can you imagine what a, a different yeah, outcome that could have had? Of course, I, I can feel every, uh, every inch of that. I, I, yeah. I can ima just imagine what, what you, you, when you had to go home with that in mm. your mind, where, where, yeah. where as you were growing up saying, well, they could have said this about it or they could have said that about it yeah. and, and they could have said, yeah. But even, and I suppose if we're getting really into the, the therapy side of things here, now a big focus on the therapy that I do with kids is that I want them to, and I hope that what I'm, I'm helping them to um, nurture in themselves is that there'll be more resilience there and their self-esteem will be more sturdy than, than mine was at the time so that if that happens maybe they'd be able to say hey you know you don't like that picture but I do you know or I worked really hard on that picture you know or just I suppose giving other people's opinions of their the expressions of their creativity less importance what does it matter if that one person doesn't like it uh, it matters that I like mm. it that I know I worked hard on it that it's more intrinsic you know okay. but for me him saying that that day that was like a, you knocked over a, t a, a tower of blocks. That was it. It was so easily knocked over, you know, when really completely fragile. I'd love it if yeah. if for kids that I'm supporting, if maybe if something like that happens, maybe just take a block out of the tower if something yeah. like that happens. But this tower still stands. Fair enough. Yeah. The only good part of what happened, there, there is only one good part of what happened, is that you are now a play therapist. I am. And I'm in a school. And you're in the world of encouraging people yeah. to play. Mm. So in a very strange sort of way. <laughs> exactly. If that hadn't you, happened. If it hadn't have happened. Would I be here? And well, would you, be uh, as yeah. would you be as passionate about it? Would you, as, would, you would you be as born for it maybe? I don't know. It's, 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 we'll never know the answer to that. But and that experience is definitely in a bowl of other experiences, you know, which mm. kind of one led to another to another and some were just you know even moving and there's so many things that kind of mixed into that bowl of uh, of you know 
different things that happened that led to me being where I am now. Okay. But I definitely feel if those things hadn't happened and it had perfectly, everything had gone perfectly well, I don't know what I have felt drawn to it because I wouldn't have been drawn to a healing journey, you know? And that's what it was. It was a healing journey. So. It's a lovely thought. Yeah. It is a lovely thought. Tell me about... Um, you you reside in County Westmeath now. You're, I do. You're <laughs> Westmeath. So we moved <laughs> to Clare Galway, and I went to school in Ornmore, and then um, I made some lovely friends there, and I ended up going to college in Athlone, where my okay. now husband went to college okay. also. Okay. Um, and look, I said at one stage, one of my friends in America wow. laughs, and she says, "You know, <laughs> I, I said to you one day, like, will you ever? Do you think you'll ever settle?" in Ireland and I said she said actually specifically where I live now and I said over my dead body will I ever live here you know because I was a teenager and I'd moved here against my will I'm sure don't I we built a house in Balnebracky and I love it I wouldn't live anywhere else in the world Balnebracky what a lovely part of the world yeah and I love it I absolutely I couldn't ever imagine myself moving back to him. Is your America. husband uh, a uh, Westmead man? Or oh, yeah. Man or or we live right beside okay. my fabulous in-laws. Like, okay. You know, it's so funny. It's so different to what I ever <laughs> what I ever envisioned. I thought I'd move back to New York. And no. That's a big change from Not New York. Not for me. No. Yeah. Okay. I love really? it here. Good I girl. absolutely That's love amazing. it here. Yeah. So I'm here for, it's for good. Yeah. Well, we're lucky to have you. Tell me about... Um, where you see this go, the, you, Eleanor Glennon's road in uh, <sighs> the creative world of play. Where, where do you see it going? Where, where do you have? A, a I love teaching, and okay. I've been getting more into that um, because I think probably do some of the things we talked about there. I think you can have such an impact, not just teaching uh, children, but teaching adults too. And I think having that person who who lights up when they see you and the person who believes in you. Um, I've been getting into that over the last few years, kind of doing workshops and training and teaching and um, teaching people how to be SNAs, but bringing the playfulness into it. So I add kind of a really playful piece into it, and I really focus on how to connect with the kids, not just this is what this disability means or this is what this – it's how do you connect with kids then if they've got this going on. That's important. If if they're nonverbal, how do you connect, you know? How do you read their cues and laugh together and smile and um, the the magic of a smile, you know, when when you're working with these kids. So uh, I've been getting into that and uh, lecturing is my next kind of thing. It was uh, supposed to start this year in September, but I had to put it on pause because of um, my babies still uh, have a lot going on and they need me at home more. So um, that's the path I'm hoping to kind of go down to keep doing my therapy bits and um, to eventually be in more of a teaching, lecturing role. Yeah. No destination, just a journey. And it's a, it sounds like yeah. it's a f- you love your journey. I do. And, you know... I do, and even loving where I'm at right now, and it is, I'm a mum. Number one is, is being a mum right now, and they really need me at the minute. They, my girls have a lot going on, and my little littlest one is 18 months old, and she was born with a very significant birth defect last year, um, and we've been on quite a journey with that, and you know, even thinking of where I thought I would be career-wise right now and what I would love to be doing and the opportunities that have come I may, that maybe I've had to say no to. That's a journey too and just being grateful that I'm able to to 
forge my own path as a play therapist if I was in a permanent, very structured job, still working as an SNA or working in social care, it wouldn't I wouldn't it wouldn't be possible to be as flexible as I am to meet the girls' needs. So um yeah. Well the opiate little daughter is okay. She is she's oh she is just <laughs> you'd see her now, she'd walk in and you'd be like, Ha what are you talking about? She'd be climbing the walls and doing flips around the place. Okay. <laughs> she's great. Um uh she's a trooper. Okay. They both are. Um yeah. Well well it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And it's been a pleasure finding out about the world of play therapy. And I hope somebody listening to this will get something. And you might have, um, yeah, that magic of a smile that mm. I, uh, you talked about. Um, even though this is a podcast um, and you can't see your smile, you, <laughs> can, you can hear a smile bigger on the radio or in a podcast than you can see it. And yeah, it affects you as you see it but it also affects you as you hear it. As you hear it. Well, you hear a smile. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I really thank you for, for coming in. And, and, and uh, do you want, have you a website you want to, or any connection? Yeah, Can I you give do. us your, your info? I'm um, Kinnegad Play Therapy uh, on Instagram. And I'm kinnegadplaytherapy.ie is my website. Um, I, uh, as I said, got tons going on at home at the moment so I'm not working in private practice at the minute but I am taking on clients kind of here and there for parent support privately and I work in um, that school but otherwise if anyone wants to reach me that's how you reach me um, you can contact me through the website yeah we hope to talk to you again great good luck thank you uh, with everything it's fascinating uh, conversation uh, and on Instagram pop up one of those watercolours and you oh you <laughs> Uh, Eleanor Glennon, play therapist. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. As you will have heard there, Eleanor can be reached on kinnegadplaytherapy.ie and also at Instagram. The In Conversation series is brought to you by Westmeath County Libraries.